Hello there. I wish you an awesome day today. Welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Day podcast. We live in challenging times globally with the COVID-19 pandemic, but we're also in a season of social injustice in the United States. Leadership is critical to help our communities find a way forward that would allow us to live in harmony with our neighbors, friends, and family. Leadership does not always have to come from the top. It can be emerging from individuals willing to take risk and provide answers to tough situations. Leaderless leaders create a vacuum that can be disastrous for people and organizations. However, there are opportunities for those leaders to grow through training, coaching, and mentoring to become effective leaders. In today's episode, we have Irvin Earl Cobb as a special guest, and he's going to share his perspective on leadership, especially about leaderless leaders. Let's begin. Welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. You know, I'm just really excited to have you on today. Um, you know, we've been having conversations back and forth via LinkedIn and, and through uh, the Project Management Institute. So I'm so excited to uh, be able to talk to you about leadership. Um, so do us a favor and uh, just give us a one-minute pitch about yourself uh, so the audience can learn more about you. So whenever you're ready, just jump on in and we'll go from there. Yep, very good. Yeah, the, the one-minute pitch that uh, I have formulated and that I give now uh, most of the time is that uh, when they say, who is Earl Cobb? I say, well, Earl Cobb currently is a very satisfied re retired technology executive, 34 years. <laughs> ah, nice. America. Most of that was with Motorola and, uh, and at various levels. I've, uh, I ran venture companies. I was the uh, CEO uh, of a startup back in the late 90s called Midcontracts. And uh, my last corporate task before I retired, uh, I ran all of the critical data centers for Wells Fargo Bank right before the, uh, the walkover uh, merger. And after that merger, that's when I got a chance to uh, almost 10 years ago now to uh, yep. shed the corporate shield and, uh, and I have just having a ball uh, as a, uh, a small business only entrepreneur, author, uh, grandfather, uh, loving husband, taking care of a wife who still is employed and uh, <laughs> traveling the world. <laughs> hey, all I, good stuff, right? He's a blessed guy, I put it that way, yes. Oh, man, that is so good to hear that you're a blessed guy. Uh, uh, <laughs> So today we're going to talk about leaderless leaders, a very interesting way of, 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 of uh, talking about leaders in a different way. So for you, how would you define a leaderless leader in your words, your experience? You know, that's a, uh, that's a very interesting way to qualify leaders in terms of leaderless <laughs> uh, you know, what, uh, what I found having uh, studied and written about and talked about leadership specifically for the past 10 years, and of course, 20 years before that, uh, actually uh, having the responsibilities of an executive and, and leading large uh, companies and initiatives, uh, the idea of, uh, of, of, of a leader the way you would describe it within an organization is normally 
uh, someone, uh, supervisor, manager, team leader, uh, VP executive, okay, who has a responsibility and finds out that uh, a lot of other skills, a lot of other capabilities, but they sort of run short on having the leadership skills and the leadership augment that they need to do and be successful at the thing that they're being asked to do right now. That's how I would define a leaderless leader. Ah, so if we think about the traits or attributes that you would expect out of a leaderless leader, what, what are some of those traits that you would, you would think of? Now, that's interesting because um, when you think of leadership traits, and for those who are somewhat of students of, of leadership, okay, it's normally classically defined in terms of, uh, in terms of traits and, and attributes and those types of things. But think about this. Okay, uh, a trait, an attribute, whether it's presence and vision, clarity, persistence, you know, they're all nouns, okay? From an experience standpoint, I mean, when you actually are out there, when you actually are faced with the need to elevate your level, your level of leadership, you quickly find out that leadership is really a verb. Right, mm. the verb is how you describe an action, and when you think of all the traits out there, I mean, you can Google and, and go through all the research, dozens of traits, and most of the traits that you think about sort of fall into the category of that one challenge that a particular individual had at that time. Okay. Uh, whether it's bringing a company out of uh, bankruptcy or, or whether it's turning around a corporate culture or, or whether it's uh, starting, taking a, uh, an unknown company and all of a sudden it becomes Starbucks or becomes, uh, you know, a, a new startup. So, so, so you think about it that way. Matter of fact, in my book, Leadership Advantage, what I did was I actually went about taking all of these attributes and came up with a set of attributes, okay, uh, 10, as a matter of fact, persistence, vision, clarity, motivation, unselfishness, deliberation, courage, respect, and focus, and put them together because, I'll tell you why, leadership is not a single attribute. Leadership is a combination of skills and attributes that you're able to deploy at a certain time based on the challenge to be effective in achieving that mission. So oftentimes we run into these different experiences with leaderless leaders that either, and oftentimes we go like, you know, they can't lead their way out of a paper bag. Some <laughs> of the comments that we make, um, you know, and so, personal experience from you what have you ran into as a leaderless you know that you had a leaderless leader in your organization um what was that like for you share a story i'd like to hear more about you know how did that affect you right yeah right. well instead of going into names let me paint a picture let, let me use yeah. an analogy okay yeah <laughs> uh uh to to me uh uh, as a 
as a leader, okay, uh, you're like a, uh, a, um, a gourmet chef, okay? You're like a gourmet chef. And imagine that uh, as a gourmet chef on this particular day, you're behind the counter, and in front of you are three different distinct people, and they all are from different regions of the world, and they all are there to enjoy what they believe should taste like gumbo. Okay? Hmm. Gumbo. Gumbo. Okay. So, 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 so as that gourmet chef leader, if you will, the first thing you would think about or understand is that you've got three distinct situations here. Hmm. Okay? And if you miss that point, you are moving quickly toward being leaderless, as you describe it. Ah. <laughs> okay. Now, here, here is the challenge in getting back to the attributes and the traits. Okay. Yeah. When anyone who understands gumbo and have had a good gumbo, and I tell you, since I've uh, had the home here in Savannah, my wife and I just love to go down to the riverfront and enjoy some gorgeous gumbo. Yeah. Not like gumbo in New Orleans, but still gorgeous gumbo. Okay. Yeah. But as a chef, you know, you know gumbo. Okay. And 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 know you know you got three different distinct customers here with three different distinct tastes with three different expectations. Okay. And, and you also know that in any gumbo, you got butter, you got flour, you got onions, you got celery, you got garlic, you got Cajun seasoning, you got coarsial salt, you got bay leaves, you got tomatoes, you got chicken broth, you got shrimp, you got onions, and of course you got root. Okay? As a leader for, and the chef, if you will, in this analogy of creating that perfect bowl of gumbo, for each one of those individuals, you've got to determine which of those ingredients you should use, how much of each of those ingredients you should use, okay, and, and, and how you should blend them together. So forget about, as a leader, butter, flour, onions, green peppers. Think about Persistence, vision, clarity, persistence, motivation, unselfishness, deliberation, courage, respect, focus, communications, all of those attributes that you have have to be somehow placed to address that customer as far as the shelf is concerned, that situation as far as the leader is concerned. Mm. Interesting. Using gumbo as a metaphor <laughs> for leadership and, 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 and all of the different elements that you need um, to help an organization move forward. But how would people or organize, organizations recover from the experiences of dealing with a leaderless leader? Because oftentimes they may leave things very unsettled. They may impact people in a way that um, they have really bad experiences. I, I would just leave it in those terms. So mm -hmm. what would be, you know, how do people recover and how do organizations recover so they could move forward and, um, and be better in the future? Okay. Well, what I hear there is two questions, certainly in terms of uh, the organization and then also in terms of the team members or the individuals who were a part of, uh, of, of that, uh, that experience. Okay? Yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now, the interesting thing is, and I talk about this in, in, in my book, Focus Leadership. Um, you, you heard the phrase, it's how you play the game, right? Well, typically in organizations where there's a need to gunder resources, in particular the human resources, to attack and address or achieve a mission, okay? Yes, it's important to have good processes. It's important to be agile. It's important to have benchmarks. It's important, all of that's important, right? But you gotta win. <laughs> and if sure. you don't win, okay, everyone leaves the organization and the individual with a, a taste in their mouth of failure, okay? So, so from a recovery standpoint of an individual, okay, I think it's easier because most people that are in situations and organizations got there, okay, whether it's the technologists or management or whatever got there because they had some level of expectation of working for someone and what they expect the leader to be. So I think from, from an individual standpoint, the recovery is easier because most people will say, I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad she's gone because of they course. knew all along. I, I knew it was coming. Okay. But I needed a paycheck. I'm not going anywhere. And, 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 and so from an individual standpoint, I think it's just, just hoping the next guy <laughs> or the next guy yeah. is something different that can give me that. And, and I, and I think, uh, Effective leaders are so rare, okay, that I don't think the expectations of most people in most organizations are very high. Yeah, and I could get, I could completely relate to that. Um, but looking in the, the, the current times right now, COVID-19, pandemic, uh, we have social unrest that's happening in, in the United States right now. Um, do you think this is in effect, part of the leaderless leader syndrome um, that we're, we've had things going on for a very long time. So I just wanted to see, you know, your context and to see if we're in that space where we have leaderless leaders um, trying to steer us forward and, and whether they're adding value or not, or they're getting in the way. Um, what is your context? What, what is your perspective on that? Well, from, from a leadership standpoint, mm -hmm. I would have to say that situations, and I won't necessarily get into the current situation specifically, but situations that go awry in, 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 in uh, organizations that have uh, some level of and I use democracy, not politically, but in terms of everyone sort of involved at some point doing something for some, you know what I mean? It's, it's not just a, a go and, and do this. It's, and, and that's how most projects and that's how most businesses run now. You know, generally they're so large and complex, they depend on, on people, leaders at all levels, associates at, at all levels, and those types of staffing, you know, all the different functions. Well, the way... I really talk about leadership and I try to share it, okay, is that everyone has a leadership 
responsibility. Okay? Everyone, sure. everyone has a, 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 a contribution uh, in terms of leading their family, mm -hmm. okay, leading their neighborhood, leading their local uh, politics, if you will. So, so, so I, I, I think if you were to take a much broader perspective, okay, um, uh, any opportunities um, that may have presented themselves uh, in the past yeah. probably showed an opportunity where uh, if indeed um, uh, there was more individual strength and leadership instead of depending on someone to uh, give them a, a talking line depending upon someone to, to, to give them a perspective or going, going around shopping for perspectives. Okay, I like that. I'll adopt that. I'm on their team. <laughs> okay. Because okay. you got a lot of team stuff going on. If, if, if each individual would, 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 would take the leadership within the framework of their own home, their own family, and, 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 and their own study, and able to discern, uh, just like in an organization, all of the, 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 the pieces of an organization. For example, and I don't want to prolong this, but for example, okay, uh, the loneliest job that I've ever had was as a CEO, okay? Be, be, because, because you know how the fundal goes. You, you, you have no one to talk to, you have no one, right? So, so from your perspective, you're able, if you're a good, effective leader, you're able to, to, to look down and look across and look beyond and, 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 and sort of integrate everything. You know, not right. only the, 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 the wages and the time and the, and the capital and the, and the tools and the, and the performance tool areas, but you also understand uh, uh, capitalism and you understand the, the finances needed and you understand all those other things. Well, the key here, and this gets back maybe to the, this failure you're talking about, is that if as a leader, if you don't realize that that's a very unique perspective. I mean, the, most of the people in the organization or in the country, if you will, don't have that perspective. That They don't have that kind of bandwidth. Okay. And, of course, and, and yeah. As an effective leader, you take that into consideration and you're able to, uh, and it's just not when a, something occurs, but it's in general, you're, you're able to articulate it from their perspective, not to them, but to the people that you deal with that has to make the decisions and who has the power and authority to shape the environment a little differently. Okay. So let's talk about you as a leader providing guidance. Um, what, are, what are one or more resources that you believe would be beneficial um, to help create leadership, healthy, healthy leadership styles? Mm -hmm. And also what would be beneficial um, in, in terms of steering a leaderless leader? Right. I, I, I noticed when we were sort of dialoguing earlier, you know, we sort of talked about uh, coaching and mentoring and, uh, uh, you know, those types of things. You know, the, the challenge is that 
a leader in any form is a personality. And unlike elbows and eyes and ears, if one's not working, you can use the other one. Most of us only have one personality. Right. Okay. <laughs> you, you don't have multiple personalities? Well, let's, let's <laughs> be wary. <laughs> Uh, so, so, so first of all, you've got to understand that that is the personality that you will deploy uh, when you're a fresh out. That's the personality you will deploy when you're a new associate. That's the personality you will deploy when you get promoted to a manager. That's the personality you will, okay, deploy when you're put in a leadership role, okay? The key is if you understand that. And this is how I would coach. And when we talk about the traits, say, Dr. Dave, it sounds like to me uh, you need to create more empathy. Mm, okay? Very good word. Well, 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 empathy for Dr. Dave is maybe understood clearly. Empathy for Earl Cobb is understood clearly. But the way Dr. Dave would do that based on his personality would be different the way Earl Cobb would do it based on his personality, okay? And so, 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 and you can take the empathy and replace it with any dozens of traits, okay? So, so, so if, 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 if I'm in a situation where I know, for example, take presence. Some people can walk into, and that's a leadership trait. Some people sure. can walk in the room and they've got it. You know, they were, they were either born with it or society has sort of established in the minds of most people uh, something that they perceive as presence, whether it's six foot four or, you know, I mean, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if, you're, if you're lucky enough to be, be born grade A and got it, good, okay? But that doesn't mean that if you don't have it and, it's, and there's a need for you to really extend and expand your presence in your organization. That just means that you have to work at it harder and you gotta find different ways to go at it. You know, if, if I'm that person that just naturally exudes presence, I don't have to think about it. Sure, you could always get better at it, but yeah, you I, mean, yeah. Yeah, Th then what I've gotta do is I've gotta realize that I'm not and you've got to do something, you know, which means that before the, the talk or the presentation, I would come early mm -hmm. and I would just on a one on one spend time with the individual. So 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 they can get to know uh, me and my personality and who I am. And then by the time I get up on that stage, from their standpoint, their perception of me as presence would be totally different. Than if I just walked in the door and they've never been close to me, they've never seen that smile, they've never know that you can tell a joke that way, or they never felt that in talking to you, you felt like my, you know. So, 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 so you got to compensate, and, and that's how Certainly. I would coach. So I, I would coach based on who your personality is, what your deficiencies are, which is what we sort of do in, in our workbook, and and then focus in on realizing that remember you're that chef. At different times, you got to throw in different ingredients. You're that leader. Yep. Different times, you got to throw in different things. And the way I would coach that is starting with self-awareness and, and a motivation to 
to to to to to continue to learn and develop and 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 whether that's in books or whether that's in videos whether that's in training you know you've got to do that because the challenge is when people hire you as a manager as a supervisor as an executive read that job description it says manager say supervisor says vp says executive it says project manager okay leadership is a by seem to be a byproduct and when i say byproduct i mean as an off growth off growth or an offshoot but the reason we're having this conversation you and i know is much more than just a byproduct without a doubt so in terms of a preferred method to help people, a leaderless leader, to become more effective. Mentoring, coaching, or training, all three. What is your preferred method? I think uh, coaching, depending upon the level of the individual, is much more effective. And what I mean by according to the level, you know, there's a progression, right, that, that, that you go through in your career. And if you have maintained that progression, okay, then, you know, you understand the basics and, and you, you're, you're able to read organizations and read personalities and you're smart enough to know that if you and, and, and the guy who's heading the organization don't see eye to eye, it's time to get your resume out. You know what I mean? You, you know those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know those things. Yeah. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> so if you've gotten to that point, okay, it, it, what you read uh, in a book and what you get at training, those are fundamentals you already have, okay? What you need is to find a way to either voluntarily get that out of you so someone can help you think through it or have someone pull it out of you and get you to see it so you can think through it. Sure. So if you were coaching a leader, less leader, you know, how would you measure success? How do you know that that person is evolving? They're progressing. Um, they're, obtaining the, the different skills and, and attributes that's necessary for them to hit the level of success for themselves or even what you've established for them? The, the short answer, I'll go back, of course, to what I said earlier about uh, winning. <laughs> okay. Uh, do, do, do you remember the, the team that lost the most games in the 1986 NBA playoffs? Ah. <laughs> you might remember the team that won, but let, let me answer that. And I know we're getting close to the end here, but I, I want to do this about, uh, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, my wife and I penned this book called pillow talk consciousness. Okay. Uh, it's uh, intimate reflections on America's 100 most interesting thoughts and suspicions. And one of those thoughts that we wrote about was success. Ah, and each of these thoughts, okay, the reason it's called pillow talk consciousness is in the context of a man and wife or, or a mate, a couple, uh, getting ready to go to bed. And it seems like it's only at that bedtime that you, and, and, and with your mate and, and, and locked up in your home where you feel secure, that you will just be candid and, and really share uh, what's on your mind. 
and in this case, what success really is. And these two characters are Paul and Paulette. And, and please bear with me just quickly. I think this will help the listeners tremendously if you put it in your head here. Uh, Paulette says, uh, hey, honey, uh, do you feel we have been successful? And Paul says, I think so. What's on your mind? And Paulette says, oh, this morning when I was looking in the mirror, I noticed that my face has begun to reflect what I call, quote unquote, experience. Ah. <laughs> Paul said, ah, that's a good way to put it. But to me, you are more beautiful now than the day I married you. Paulette said, you are so sweet. However, that's not my point. While looking in the mirror, I asked myself, Paulette, does your face reflect that you have achieved the goals you have set for yourself in life? And Paul said, good question, Paulette. In my opinion, achieving goals in life is important, but that's not how I would frame or define success. To me, a goal is a destination, while success is a journey. And Paul has said, would you help me with that trend of thought, please? And Paul said, sure. When you arrive at one of your life destinations, you stop. You take a deep breath and you say, I made it. However, you know that you are successful in life when you can look back on each of those stops, enjoy them in hindsight, learn from them, and then use those stops to plan and be excited about your next destination. And Paul has said, oh, if I am successful, the experience I see in the mirror each morning will reflect where I am headed versus where I have been. <laughs> and of course, Paul, mm. the, the guy says, you bet. Now head over here and let me enjoy some of that success. There you go. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. Great excerpt from your book, uh, for your book from, with your wife. So, Earl, I want to say thank you for your time, but I want to know, is there additional information you would like to share with our listeners today? Uh, maybe how they could reach, reach out to you, uh, maybe buy your book, book you for a gig, you know, something <laughs> like that. Hey, you, you let me know how we can help yeah. and, and uh, get that out there. Yeah, you can always email me at Earl Cobb, I'm sorry, at Earl, E-A-R-L, at richerlifellc.com. Earl at richer, R-I-C-H-E-R, life, L-I-F-E, L-L-C.com. And in closing, since it is uh, uh, June 4th, and we are where we are, not only in this country, but there are other countries around the world that's feeling this pain, I would hope that everyone would just remember, okay, that we will uh, get beyond this and our life will uh, continue, matter of fact, be even better, okay? Because even as a nation, okay, it's not how we start, it's how we finish. Uh, nothing left to be said. I guess I will just let you have the, the last word in that context. And, and just thank you so much again for giving your time and coming on to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave uh, podcast. I'm going to reach out to you so I could gather some information, some links, um, so that we could at least share with our audience and with the world uh, some of the great work that you've done and you're currently doing. So um, one more thing. What's your next project just before we go? Well, 
my wife and I kicked off, uh, certainly you would ask, just uh, a few weeks ago, a new book. Ah. Uh, but it's not uh, just about us. What we are trying to do, uh, it's, it's titled My Angel That Day. And the subtitle is True Stories of Kindness and Humanity During the Dawn of COVID-19 in America. Mm. The thing that we've noticed is that, uh, first of all, it's historic. <laughs> you know, it's historic. And, yeah. and, and, and also, the secondly is, it's just amazing how many people in this country have extended kindness and humanity. And, and, and the genesis is that someone did that for us back in the 1st of April in a situation that could have been really bad, that turned out really good because the kindness of someone, and in reflection, we said that person was our angel. And that's oh, why wonderful. angel that day. So we're seeking stories from anyone who, who know someone themselves or have heard about a story who's close to it, who can write, who, who want to just write a short story and be a part of this history. And all of the uh, net proceeds will go to charities that are supporting those that are most affected and will be affected for a long time from mm -hmm. the pandemic. Yeah. My angel that day. My angel that day. Wonderful. So Earl, I'll reach out to you. We'll gather some more information, make sure that it's on our website so people could actually download it. And, and as people listen to um, this podcast um, on Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify, they'll have an opportunity to um, learn more about you and the wonderful work you're doing. And so, so um, go today, ahead. continue to do what you do, Dr. Dave. You do good stuff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, um, God bless and have a great day. And we'll talk soon for sure. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening to the Now Share with Dr. Dave podcast. The Now Share with Dr. Dave podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, grokshare.com, and nalsharewithdrdave.com. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020, Nalshare and Dr. Dave Cornelius. Until next time, be well and find your awesomeness today. <laughs>